Hello and welcome to the VetoCast. We are back once more following a veto cast by Russia on February 26th, so just a couple of weeks ago. With me, as always, to analyze this veto, I have Victor Sundman of the UN Association of Sweden. Welcome back to the show, Victor. Thank you, as always. Before we get into the the actual ramifications and the consequences of this veto, we'll just take a little quick look at the basics. So. This veto was uh, cast by by Russia, as I said before, to stop draft resolution S slash 2018 slash 156. And this was presented by the United Kingdom. And the point of the draft resolution uh, was that uh, if adopted, it would have renewed a number of previously established sanctions against Yemeni individuals. So this referred quite heavily back to previously adopted sanctions and previously adopted uh, resolutions in this Security Council. So as such, it wasn't perhaps too controversial, but nonetheless, Russia decided to veto this. But first of all, before we start talking about this actual veto, I thought uh, this draft resolution, Victor, made reference quite heavily to Chapter 7 of the UN Charter. Uh, Could you just tell us a little bit about why this is uh, of some significance here? Yes, because so chapter 7 of the UN Charter is the chapter that contains actions with respect to threats to the peace, breaches of the peace, and acts of aggression. And it lists the enforcement mechanisms that are available to the Security Council to handle situations. And since this draft resolution, as you said, revolves sanctions uh, against individuals in, in Yemen, these resolutions are taken under chapter 7 because that's where the sanction as an instrument for the Security Council to use is located within the UN Charter. Usually the only chapter that is explicitly specified is Chapter 7. Uh, Chapter 6 also contains measures for the Security Council to use, but those are related to peaceful resolution of conflicts. For example, encouraging parties to come to the negotiating table, demanding ceasefires, calling for for actions and so on. While the Chapter 7 measures are stronger, they are more enforcing, they are meant to to hurt a little. It's it's the recourse the Security Council takes when it's obvious that some harder measures are needed. It's not going to be enough with statements and encouragement and, and uh, making demands. It, has, it actually has to be, to be some tangible effects in real life for the parties to to act in accordance with the Security Council's wishes. There was another draft resolution that was very similar to this one uh, that was introduced uh, just afterwards. And that one won unanimous support from the entire council. What were the difference there between this one and the the one that was later adopted? Yes, so this second draft that was adopted was presented by Russia as an alternative to uh, this UK uh, draft resolution. And they, as you said, they are very similar. They both extended the sanctions on uh, the same Yemeni entities for another year. So in practice, the outcome now is not very different. Uh, what set the two resolutions apart is both in the uh, in the preambular parts. Uh, the UK draft resolution, the one that was eventually vetoed, uh, condemned uh, Houthi rebel attacks against Saudi Arabian uh, targets and targets within the United Arab Emirates, which the Russia draft did not have. And also the UK draft explicitly stated that Iran had been found in non-compliance with the arms embargo, which is contained within these sanctions, uh, a ban on, uh, on trading weapons with the individuals under uh, under sanction and 
this this term non-compliance is of course a more diplomatic version of of violation of the arms embargo which was the original formulation of this uk draft resolution but due to russian uh, complaints to that um, to that formulation it was changed to non-compliance instead but still it was uh, it was not enough to gain the russian support also, there is another difference as well with the UK draft resolution underscoring that sanctions can be imposed for um, a number of different reasons. For example, for providing financial material or technological support for entities under sanctions and for providing technical expertise relating to the construction and development and employment of ballistic missiles, which in this Iran context is, of course, implicitly directed towards Iran as as, uh, as a thinly veiled threat as that is exactly what Iran had been found um, to be doing by the group who monitors the implementation of these sanctions. So that was the UK draft and the Russian draft is essentially the same but lacks these elements. So it it says nothing about um, the Houthi attacks, it says nothing about Iran's non-compliance with arms embargo and, and doesn't have this underscoring of certain conditions for which uh, sanctions can be imposed, although they still can be imposed for those same reasons that's nothing new in this in this resolution so the russian resolution is in a sense cleaner it is more technical and more focused on just extending the sanctions and does not contain these surrounding condemnations and and seeing that these two drafts were so so similar then uh, why did russia veto the first one i mean they could have just abstained right Yes, they could have. Uh, this is likely due to the Russia-Iran relationship, which is quite important at the moment, I believe, in in understanding the Middle Eastern conflicts, um, not least in Syria, where Russia and Iran are both on the side of uh, of Assad and, and backing the Syrian regime in the, regime in the efforts against the, the rebels and terrorist groups in Syria. So this is likely uh, a way for Russia to gain some goodwill with the Iranians to to show that they have their back in the Security Council, that they will help them. Um, Iran has been seen as as a backer of the Houthi rebels, uh, implicitly or explicitly, and now that the uh, Houthi had been found to use Iranian-made weapons that had been transferred to, to Yemen, after the imposition of this arms embargo, it was a way for Russia to to protect an ally, so to speak. Because what we got here is really a meeting in which two draft resolutions were put before the council, and you had a process in which one draft resolution was was not passed and the other one was. They were very similar. They led to roughly the same goals and same results. Would you say that this is a, uh, perhaps an example of more cooperation happening in the Security Council and that a bit more democracy is, is entering the stage with, uh, uh, with the Council actually being able to, to decide on something and reach an agreement, uh, even if it required a veto? Well, maybe it's a bit of a stretch calling it uh, a victory for cooperation. Uh, there had been attempts uh, to cooperate on the UK draft as well. And as I, I mentioned briefly that some wordings connected to Iran, uh, Iran paragraphs of that resolution had been changed to accommodate Russian concerns, uh, but was not enough. So still, it, it is it is definitely better that uh, an alternative draft resolution was presented and was adopted so that the sanctions remain in place so that those weren't lost. We've seen uh, in, for example, Syria uh, and in in the earlier vetoes we discussed this last autumn where vetoes led to 
actions is not being put in place at all. Um, and this is not the case here. This is uh, the sanctions will remain in place, and and in practice, the the two the two resolutions are not very different. But still, I I think it would be a bit of a stretch calling a victory for cooperation. I think cooperation would have meant all parties coming together on on one draft resolution initially without requiring a veto for it. Of course, the, the second draft was adopted unanimously, which reflects that uh, the the council members all agreed that it was better to have this clean uh, sanctions renewal rather than having nothing at all, and that the paragraphs relating to Iran were not essential for this uh, sanction prolongation to to be put into place. But still, there are some countries in, in this Security Council, not least the US, who feel st- very strongly about highlighting Iran's role in this conflict. So so we're still some way from cooperation on this place. But, but, it, but it is positive that a draft resolution was adopted after all. Right. Thank you very much, uh, Victor, for your uh, insights into this. And regarding the uh, stop and legitimate veto's coding of this uh, this particular veto, uh, we have not found any evidence just to suggest that the draft resolution actually constituted a direct threat to the security or sovereignty of the Russian Federation. And we have therefore codified this veto as illegitimate as per our procedure. And you can find much more about Stop Legitimate Vetoes on our Facebook page, our Twitter, and of course on our web page where you could also find more information about the coding itself. That webpage is on stoplegitimatevetoes.org if you want to visit that. We will be back uh, if and when there is a new veto in the Security Council with more analysis. Thank you and goodbye.